Can you say dump truck? Pasta. Good job. Can you say computer? Good. Parker, what's your favorite thing to earn? I, I, my favorite thing is to earn chocolate. Oh. Chocolate! This is Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen discuss positive reinforcement and what you can do as a parent to see improvements in behavior with your child. Through a series of tips, they will explain everything from getting started to evaluating your progress. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with special needs. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our third episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I am one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, board certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hey, Angie. Hey, Kristen. All right. Well, hi, everyone. So to piggyback off of our last episode, today we're going to be talking about positive reinforcement. Last episode, woo! (laughs) Last episode, we talked a lot about decreasing challenging behaviors with the use of positive reinforcement. So today we want to dive a little deeper into what positive reinforcement is. So it can be a really powerful tool to increase behaviors we want to see continue. So it really focuses on what your child is doing correctly versus incorrectly. And we know for some parents, this doesn't always come naturally, and that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a little work on our end as parents to change our own behavior to see behavior change in our kids. And along with that, there's a lot of factors to consider to make positive reinforcement effective. So with that said, today we are going to walk you through what positive reinforcement is. We'll clear up some of those misconceptions and, of course, discuss some factors to consider so you can make this parenting tool effective. All right. Well, I think probably the best way to start out our podcast is to talk a little bit about some definitions. Right. And yeah, and we know reinforcement, we hear that term all the time. It's just a very kind of thrown about term. Uh, But it is really it does have some some good some good definitions and substance behind it. So it is one of those the most common and most important principles in human behavior and also in, in learning theory. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to kind of go into a little bit of, of what it means now. I'll give you guys a bunch of examples, too, just because sometimes these definitions can get a little dry. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a little tricky. Yeah. So we'll go into positive and negative reinforcement. But just in general, the word reinforcement as it relates to behavior uh, kind of goes something like this. So reinforcement, we know that it has occurred when a behavior is more likely to happen again in the future based on the either the presentation or removal of something. So what in the world does that actually mean, right? <laughs> uh, some examples are giving your, your kids allowance after doing their chores and maybe if they do their chores again, 
more li- uh, they're more likely to do it again in the future. That's an example of positive reinforcement, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're giving in and saying that your child doesn't have to do their chores uh, when they start tantruming, right? So there's there's some <laughs> other examples going in there too. So let's talk a little bit about positive reinforcement first. So we know that positive reinforcement occurs when a behavior is followed immediately by the presentation of something, like what we call stimulus, and it results in the same or similar behaviors occurring more frequently again in the future. So remember, positive in this context just means add, to add something to the environment. And reinforcement means that a behavior is going to increase. So that's going to come into play more and more as we keep talking uh, about this. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Basically, your child does something, you give her something or something happens, and then she's more likely to do it again. So some examples, maybe your child's helping you on the weekend in the backyard. You say, hey, let's you know, thanks for helping me out. Let's go get ice cream. So that's serving as what we call the reinforcer. And so then he's more likely to help you out again so that you know positive reinforcement has occurred. Or let's also keep in mind that positive reinforcement isn't always associated with these behaviors that you want to see, right? You can be Mm -hmm. positively reinforcing behaviors you don't want to see too. So that's why it's important (laughs) that we give you, yeah, right? That's why it's important we give you that definition so you can be really clear on on Mm -hmm. all these things. Um, So another example would be maybe your child comes in your your room at two o'clock in the morning and you let her stay there and and snuggle. That's the reinforcer, right? Mm -hmm. And so... If she's more likely to jump into your bed again tomorrow night, uh, then you know positive reinforcement has occurred. So that sort of behavior coming in your bed was positively reinforced. Right. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So you might inadvertently be positively reinforcing behaviors you don't want to see continue Mm -hmm. too. Guilty of that one for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Me too. I think think all parents. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So one other thing too that I want to mention is negative reinforcement. A lot of times people misuse this, this term and they use it to mean punishment and it's not the same thing as punishment. We see this term misused all mm-hmm. the time. So oh, yeah. I just want to clear that up a little bit. So basically, po- negative reinforcement has occurred when a behavior is no longer followed by a presentation of something, like a, a stimulus as we say, or it's delayed or reduced. And that results in the same or similar behaviors occurring more frequently again in the future. So again, reinforcement means those behaviors are going up. But in this case, negative means that you're taking something away from the environment. So positive means to add. Negative means to take away. So what does that mean really, right? It means your child's doing something. You stop giving him something or something's removed and he is more likely to do it again in the future. So this always kind of stumped me when I was learning about this in school. Like how that doesn't even make sense. What is that? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I'll give you some examples, I think, to help illustrate this a little bit more. So your, your child screams when you, or has a tantrum or something, when you give him veggies or you got a teenager that's just grumbling about it. Right. So you take (laughs) the veggies away, you say, fine, forget it. Don't eat them. And you go and let your, your kid play or, or just get out of, of that that eating. Uh, He or she might be more likely to scream or grumble again in the future. So you have just established (laughs) negative reinforcement right right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps to, yeah. So I think before we turn it back over to you, Kristen, I just wanted to make a quick note about punishment because sometimes we talk about positive and negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. versus punishment. Just wanted to kind of distinguish those a little bit. 
So instead of increasing a behavior when you're talking about reinforcement, in the case of punishment, we're decreasing it. So we're we're doing that by either adding something to the environment or taking it away. So same sort of concept when we're using the words positive and negative, we can use that for punishment too. So positive punishment might be you're giving your child a reprimand or saying it's not okay or don't do that. And a negative reinforcement, or excuse, excuse me, negative punishment. I know I'm getting myself confused already too, right? <laughs> negative punishment. It's a lot is, of terms. There's a lot yeah. to remember. I know. <laughs> is uh, when you are taking something away to reduce that future behavior. So maybe you're taking away your kid's cell phone, right? So that'd Mm -hmm. be an example of negative punishment. So you're taking something away to reduce that behavior versus giving something to reduce the behavior, like some sort of reprimand. Okay. So hopefully that clears up some stuff and kind of lays the stage for what we're going to talk about today. We're not really going to talk about punishment, mostly reinforcement. Right. Yep. Exactly. Well, that's good. I think that really helps paint the picture for everyone and understand the difference in the terms and and really clear up some of those misconceptions, especially with negative reinforcement and punishment. So another misconception or, or something I hear parents say to me quite often when I talk about positive reinforcement, someone might say to me, well, I don't really want to bribe my child. <laughs> don't oh, know yeah. You've heard that one. Yeah. All the time. And so, <laughs> right. So, Although it may feel like there's a fine line between the two, bribery and positive reinforcement aren't the same thing. So there really is a big difference between the two. And the big difference is that positive reinforcement is a proactive approach. It's planned and the reward it's rewarding appropriate behaviors. Whereas bribery, it's usually not planned and it's in the response to a problem behavior. So Unfortunately, it's usually rewarding and inappropriate behavior. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and give you an example so you could understand it better. But I'll give the classic grocery store example because I'm pretty sure we've all been there in life. So you're in the grocery store, your child is throwing a fit. <laughs> Maybe they want some candy or they want out of the cart. Either way, eh, it could be a little embarrassing. We don't want our child being that kid in the store that's throwing that fit. So what do we do? We say, okay, okay, here, here's a lollipop. Just please stop crying. So Mm -hmm. that would be an example of bribery. So we want this behavior to stop. We give it a treat. Sure, the behavior is going to stop. The child's probably going to stop crying because you gave them a lollipop. But unfortunately, your child is more likely to cry (laughs) the next time, (laughs) right? Kind of like the example of, uh, you know, your your child might be more likely to climb in your bed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So your child might be more likely to cry again because they know, oh, I'm going to get that lollipop maybe if I throw a fit here. So let's talk about that same example, but with positive reinforcement. So one thing that you could do is let's say, you know, historically, my child throws a fit in the tantrum or throws a fit in the store, maybe 10 minutes in. Well, before going into the store, you could say something to your child like, hey, if you can sit nice in the cart for five minutes, I'll give you a lollipop or I'll give you a cookie or something like that. So you're setting the stage for your child to engage in appropriate behaviors and then we will reward those. Another way that you could do that or use positive reinforcement in that situation would be catch them being good. So you're going through the store, you know, oh, oh, it's at about nine minutes here. I think we're going to get a tantrum soon. Hey, you guys are sitting so nicely. Here's a cookie. I really appreciate how nice you're sitting and we're almost done. And you're rewarding that behavior. You're rewarding sitting nicely in the cart instead of reacting to a tantrum or a fit. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So in this case, you are teaching your child the appropriate skill, which is sitting nicely and then providing a reward for doing so. So given this example, to differentiate the two a little bit, so bribery is going to influence the behavior in that moment, but it's going to inadvertently reinforce an inappropriate behavior, whereas positive reinforcement is going to teach, maintain, and increase appropriate behaviors. Absolutely. I think it, it that's kind of hitting on some of the themes that we've talked about throughout our podcast, just being proactive and mm-hmm. positive and kind of thinking about it ahead of time. Like, how right. can you yep. adjust this where you're getting ahead of this behavior, preventing it, reinforcing yeah. that positive mm-hmm. behavior? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a super important, I think that's a super important distinction to make. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one. Yep. All awesome. right. So I think what we're going to do, we kind of laid the stage a little bit, give some definitions and kind of dispel some myths and kind of lay it out. What we want to do now is want to get into the tips, right? So mm-hmm. the good we're going to go, yeah, let's <laughs> get into the good stuff now. So we're going to get into five tips as it relates to positive reinforcement, essentially reinforcing, positively reinforcing new skills that you want to see in your child or behaviors that you want to improve or, or even reduce and so on. So let's get right into it. Tip number one, and this should be coming as no surprise because we talk about this a lot. Set <laughs> uh-huh. your child up for success. So what does that mean? Plan ahead, right? <laughs> Planning. You wanna, yeah, you want to kind of think about this ahead of time and lay something out so you have a good plan of action. So what are we doing here? We need to think about what behavior we want to be reinforcing, right? So think about that. Maybe it's learning how to tie shoes. Maybe it's some social skills, whatever the case might be. Um, We also then want to look at the baseline of our child's behavior. So let's Mm -hmm. see here. How often is that happening? Maybe this is a skill your child doesn't have yet. Or maybe it's uh, happening at a really high rate. So we want to kind of take a little bit of data or just take some notes Mm -hmm. and get a sense of how often it's happening because that's going to come into play in a little bit. Then we kind of want to figure out what the expectation is of that behavior, right? Figure out what the goal is. Do we want to reduce this behavior to zero? Do we want to increase this behavior to um, every time our child is greeted, we want them to make eye contact and say hi. What, what is this uh, expectation that we have? And then we want to essentially set up the schedule of reinforcement, right? So Kristen, you're going to get into that a little bit more mm-hmm. in just yeah. a minute, but um, how often are we going to reinforce? And uh, we're going to talk about some advantages and different schedules and how you want to move from one to the next in, in a little bit. But just to recap, essentially, you want to figure out what you're working with, right? Set your mm-hmm. child up for success and you do that by planning, figuring out what the behavior is, how often it's happening, what you want that expectation to be. Right, exactly. Really important. Planning, planning, planning. It's probably be the theme of, of most of our podcasts. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so tip two. So all right, now we know what the behavior is. What are we trying to do here? What are we working on? Next step. So tip two, we want to figure out a few things. So one, 
What are we going to use as the reward? It's really important. Does it line up? Does that reward line up with the expectation? And then how soon after the behavior should we provide this reward? So again, planning. Let's start thinking about all of these things before we implement our strategy. So for the first one, what are we going to use as our reward? So we're going to talk about some examples later and give you some good ideas of some things Angie and I have used in in the past. But really the best way to determine a reward is to see what your child likes. So what is your child interested in? What is something that they don't get that often? What are they motivated by? So some kids are motivated by treats or TV. Others might be motivated by special one-on-one time with you or maybe some privileges or some money. Um, I've been telling families quite often, I feel like there's a theme in my calls with families, but I've been suggesting having your child pick out stickers and have them pick out the stickers that they're going to earn. And maybe if they've picked them out, they're going to be more likely to want to earn them because it's something that they chose. So That's a really fun one for families to try. And for our older children, maybe just have them tell you, right? So ask them. So let them be a part of the plan. Have them. It's really important for us to consider, all right, what is going to be an appropriate reward? And for our older kids, you might just be able to ask them, what are they like? Mm hmm. Yeah. And so additionally, along with that, so now we decided, okay, what's that reward going to be? But it's equally as important to make sure that that reward lines up with that expectation. So I have a really funny example of this. This happened with my son a few weeks ago. So he is three and a half. And so we have been working with him on getting dressed on his own. So we lay out his clothes and we say, okay, you know, get dressed. So one morning I said to him, I said, okay, here's your clothes, get dressed and come downstairs. And I have a surprise for you when you come downstairs. And of course, you know, he's excited. Just the word surprise excites him. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) idea. Right? So he didn't know what it was going to be. So he comes downstairs and... I said, wow, look at you. You got dressed all by yourself. Here you go. And I handed him a cookie. Well, we're Mm -hmm. all thinking, yeah, a cookie. Fantastic, right? Well, it was, I bought these mini cookies and they were the size of a quarter, not even the size of a quarter, bite-sized cookies. So I handed it to him and I'm not even kidding. He looked right at me and he goes, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness. Cute from a three-year-old, maybe not from your teenager, but from three, it's cute still. And so I just... I thought to myself, wow, I guess he's right. You know, I, I just required him to do this really, really big labor intensive task, which was to get himself completely dressed. And then yeah, I that's pretty good at tiny cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, all right. So I, I, I had to do some thinking next time and, and come up with a different reward that really matched what I was asking him to do. But I think that's a good example in that. Your child, my child in that case, he was still happy he ate his cookie and he went about his day and he told me that it didn't line up, but not every child's going to tell you that and they might tell you, inadvertently tell you, by not doing it again. So Mm -hmm. if he didn't get dressed the next time, he's probably telling me, hey mom, that wasn't really a good, you know, that wasn't a great reward for what I did, so I'm not going to do that again. So Mm -hmm. it's really, yeah, so it's really important to keep that in mind and thinking about and making sure that it matches up. And then the last thing to consider is, all right, well, we've decided our reward. Uh, We're making sure it matches up. But when do we give this reward? So it's it's I'd say a common concern with families. And I'll give an example is most uh, a lot of families say to me, "Okay, I, I say to my kid in the morning, hey, if you have nice hands at school today or if you pay attention to your teacher, you can have a cookie. We'll just stick with the cookie theme. Right. So you can have a cookie when you come home. 
Well, for many kids, that delay in that reinforcement is is too long for it to have any real impact on them at school. So instead, you could do something like collaborate with your child's teacher and maybe have them provide a check mark or a star or something when they immediately, when they engage in that behavior. And then your child could bring that star or that check mark home and exchange it for that cookie. So really the idea here is that positive reinforcement, it's gonna be most effective if it can occur right after the behavior occurs. And really the shorter amount of time in between the two is gonna help your child build that connection. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about that, which is the schedules of reinforcement. Reinforcement. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk more about that in tip four, but that's just kind of setting the stage there and knowing that that's something really important to consider before we, before we really start rewarding this behavior. So to recap that tip, so choose a reward that you know is gonna be effective, something they like, make sure the reward is gonna line up with that expectation, and consider rewarding behaviors closer to the time that they occur. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's super important, and we will definitely be going over that in more detail, because I think that's one of the key parts of Mm -hmm. the efficacy of doing some sort of positive reinforcement system. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. I actually, I wanted to add too, I was consulting in, in a school for a while and the parent was having a really hard time at home figuring out what they could use as something motivating, right? A, a reinforcer. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said, oh, he loves art. We use that all the time in school. And the parents were like, what? Art? <laughs> they never knew. So, you know, when you said earlier how to select a reinforcer, especially when you're going to the child directly or the teenager, you can also also ask other people in their life, oh, like yeah, a teacher. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's actually mosey on into number three here. I think this one is is really important. And sometimes we we forget to do this, but it's a fairly easy one to to put in place. So number three, we want to make sure that we keep our reinforcers exclusive. So what does that mean? Yeah. So it means we want to avoid satiation. When we think of the word satiation, we think of like, Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, having a big dinner. We're very satiated. But essentially what, what, what it means is we're done. We don't need any more. We don't want any more. Right. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are not kind of overly using a reward where it's not powerful anymore. Right. So make it exclusive. So if your child has free access to snacks, don't use snacks as a re- reinforcer. If your child has free access to video games, don't use access to video games as a reinforcer. It's going to lose its power. (laughs) Yeah. I've worked with some families where they will literally lock up snacks or special treats, and those can remain highly powerful. Um, As Kristen said, too, we'll give you a ton of examples of things that we've seen in our careers and just that we've tried ourselves as parents and just things that we've seen. So some, some creative stuff that we'll, we'll bring in a little bit later, but just keep in mind, bottom line, keep things exclusive. If you can use reinforcers that only you can deliver, because if your child can sneak those things, well, then again, they eat them <laughs> a lot. It's not really going to carry that much weight, but if it's things like one-on-one time with you or, access to the internet that you can control. I've I've talked to a lot of parents lately who control the Wi-Fi in their house. And so that is kind of held exclusive. Um, Or just in general, keep that concept in mind, right? So that you are more likely to have remotes. (laughs) (laughs) It's that, yeah, it's that concept though. You're, you're more likely to see some success with this, 
this positive reinforcement program that you put in place, if your child is motivated, right? And if mm-hmm. they get those yep. reinforcers all the time, they're not they're not going to think it's special. They're not really going to care as much and, and uh, be motivated. So yeah, so that's tip number three. Keep your reinforcers exclusive. Yeah, that's really important. And it, and it really helps prolong or, or, or a child really uh, be able to stick with it for a while because they're going to have it mm-hmm. and, you know, it's they're only getting it at that time. So I think that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. All right. So jumping into tip four. So I touched on this a little bit earlier. So now let's talk about how frequent we need to reward the behavior. And so I said it earlier, but we call this the schedule of reinforcement. So I know we're throwing a lot of terms at you, but just to give you the the actual terminology as well, but we'll explain what it means. But so remember, the goal of reinforcement is to increase the likelihood that that behavior is going to occur again. So when we're starting to teach a new skill or maybe we are rewarding a behavior we want to see continue, we want to use what we, what we call continuous reinforcement. And so what that means is every time that behavior occurs, we want to provide a reinforcer. Now, disclaimer, obviously, you might not be able to reward it every single time it happens. So don't worry. Um, but really understanding that the the more you reward it on the front end, the faster your child's going to acquire that skill or more like the more likely that they're going to make that connection of behavior mm-hmm. and reward. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so we can't reward. So after your child, can we cut that part out, Oz? <laughs> I just got distracted. <clears throat> okay, perfect. All right. So now once your child has acquired a skill a little bit, we can't, we certainly can't reward it forever, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. once they've acquired that skill and we want to fade it out a little bit, maybe we'll start to reward every two occurrences or every three occurrences. And so we call this intermittent reinforcement. But a good example would be, let's go back to my son getting dressed in the morning. Let's say, all right, he's getting dressed pretty regularly. Maybe I don't provide that cookie or I'd probably choose something else, but maybe I don't provide that reward every day and maybe it's just every other day. And so this actually makes me think back to our podcast last week when we were last month when we were talking about rewarding problem behaviors and and mm-hmm. inadvertently rewarding them because every yeah. now and then you might respond. And of course, what are we going to see? That behavior is going to increase. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing for this. So every now and then if we're if I'm rewarding him getting dressed and saying look at that you're on the right track you're doing a great job well that behavior is going to continue to increase and it's going to maintain so we're going to see that behavior is going to continue it's like the slot machine effect right yes. it actually is intermittent reinforcement <laughs> exactly. is actually the the most powerful yeah if you can get to yep. that phase yeah mm-hmm. perfect yeah so to start out continuous we'll start to fade it intermittent So one more type of reinforcement here. So this one's really helpful for a proactive approach, which we we talk about quite often, but mostly when you're trying to decrease a challenging behavior, and we call this non-contingent reinforcement. And really what it means is that you're providing a reinforcer independent of the child's behavior. So for the first two, we're saying, okay, you did this, you get this, great job. For this one, it's a little bit more 
more naturalistic. So I'll give just an example that we've all been through. So you're cooking dinner and your child might be sitting and doing their homework for a while. You're realizing, well, I've been cooking dinner for 10 minutes and all of a sudden your child throws a tantrum. (laughs) I don't know where it seems like, but maybe you hadn't given your child any attention for 10 minutes because you were cooking dinner. And if you listened to our last month's podcast and you determined that, yep, that behavior is because of attention. So something that you could try is you could set an alarm for eight minutes. You know what happens every 10. You set an alarm for yourself every eight minutes and you go over to your child and you give them attention. So you're saying, hey, great job on your homework. How's it going? Do you need any help? Um, But you're being proactive. So you're going in ahead of time before it happens and giving your child that attention. And it's not really contingent on any type of behavior. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are those are a few schedules of reinforcement. And so to recap tip four, before we jump on over to our last tip. So Make sure to provide the reward as frequently as you can to start out so they can build that connection. And then you can fade your rewards as you go. And remember to use proactive approaches when you're tackling those challenging behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is important, especially for when we're talking with parents about, uh, or when we hear parents say, I don't want to reward my kids all the time. They're just asking Mm -hmm. for rewards and this is not going to last forever. And of course, you're right. You know, that's ridiculous if we expect to just be rewarding our kids for everything and forever, right? So that's why going back to tip number one, you want to set your child up for success. All of these strategies are meant to be faded out, Mm -hmm. right? So that's exactly what Kristen was explaining with, you know, going to more of an intermittent reinforcement over time. Right. So you want to fade that out. And then every once in a while, it's just like a pop up surprise. Like, hey, you know what I've noticed lately? You've been dressing yourself the last several days. Here you go. Here's a blah, blah, blah. And that's super powerful because they don't know when it's coming next. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal. We want to fade it out. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So last tip, tip number five, we want to evaluate the effectiveness of what we're doing. Right. Why do something if it's not going to work? Right. Right. So (laughs) like we've talked about in the past, Make some notes for yourself, even if it's something very small, like a small improvement. We're going to be more likely to notice that if you actually track it somehow. You can be data nerds like us and get an Excel spreadsheet out and and plot things. Or you can just take a little (laughs) note to yourself like, hey, yeah, you know, we didn't have any tantrums today. Awesome. Make a note of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to be able to see, is the behavior that you're teaching improving? And also, are kids still motivated? Um, I... I talk with parents about this all the time, like, oh, yeah, you know, our program, our star chart kind of just fell by the wayside. And that's super Mm -hmm. common. That happens with me, too. Um, I'm a behavior analyst, and yet that stuff still happens to me. So it's a good, you know, gut check for me. Like, what am I? Am I going through the right procedures? And what am I what am I missing here? Right. So got to go back to basics sometimes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to think about what might be maintaining or or not maintaining these sort of protocols, right? So are the kids still motivated? That's a huge thing. If they're not really motivated, then you got to look at, hey, are these reinforcers still interesting to them? You know, add get their buy-in. Have them give themselves the stars. Have them, uh, you want them to be able to be looking forward to that. And they're going to keep those those charts and those protocols that you have in place moving forward, right? So if things are kind of falling down, um, you got to figure out ways to kind of repair them and build them back up. And the way that you do that is by evaluating your effectiveness, taking some notes, um, you know, making sure that you're still implementing things 
appropriately or what we call with fidelity. So um, just to kind of recap this one, tip number five, um, keep track. Keep track of what you're doing. Is it moving in the right direction? Are you guys making progress? And if not, what's where's the breakdown? Are the kids not motivated? Are you forgetting to do this, mm-hmm. uh, re- uh, this reinforcement plan? Uh, what's going on here? So you can do a little bit of triage and, and kind of get you guys back up uh, on, on track. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the, the motivation one, I, I was sitting here thinking about, I, I hear that so much from families like, well, I don't really think he likes that anymore. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I always tell families this, a little trick I like, especially for, well, really all age groups, but uh, get like a little jar and you can write in, write rewards on it and then on pieces of paper and then put it in there. And so then they can just choose it. So it's a surprise. So it really yeah, makes nice. it more exciting. And it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to get today, you know, and so it just builds, you know, you've got that excitement there. So Mm -hmm. that's a really helpful one. All right. So what we're going to do now is Angie and I are going to walk through a couple scenarios. So we picked a couple ideas here of concerns that parents might be having with some challenges or or wanting to work on a skill. And so we are going to go through the steps for each one. So I'm going to start with a really common one. And dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so sibling positive interactions. So positive interactions among your kids. It's a big one. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about. So let's say that's something that I want to work on. And let's go through those steps and, and we'll talk a little bit about it. So step one, obviously, we're going to define what that behavior looks like. So what what are those positive interactions that we're looking for? Uh, some examples could be using kind words or asking permission before before taking your sibling's belonging. So don't, you don't you can't just wear that jacket. You need to ask permission. <laughs> also, resolving conflicts. This is a huge one. So instead of coming to me, "Mommy, mommy, mommy, she hit me." You know, can you can they resolve that conflict on their own? So, let's lay out what those things are that we want to work on and let's make it visual. So, we talked a lot about this in the first podcast with staying consistent, but create mm-hmm. a list of rules. So for this one, it's perfect. So here are our rules. Here's how you're, you be nice to your sibling. <laughs> Write it out. And those are going to be the things that we're going to follow. And then along with that, if you are going to do a point system or something like that, let's make that visual too. So let's set it up. I like the idea of using a jar. That's probably my favorite. So you get a little jar, you draw a line on it, and then your children can earn pennies or marbles and they can fill it up and get to that line. So step one, there we go. We're going to set it up and let's let's choose the reward. Let's uh, or let's um, choose the behaviors that we're going to work on. Mm-hmm. And then step two is going to be let's choose the reward. Let's make sure it matches up with those expectations. So really important for this one, I guess you could say if let's say using kind words. All right. Well, that maybe that could get you one penny or one marble. But then the big one, which is going to be resolving conflict on their own. Well, let's give that more. So let's say, hey, that was really fantastic. Maybe they could get three marbles or or three pennies. And then let's see, moving on here to step three. So let's make sure that what's that reward going to be that when they get to that line, what are they going to get? Let's make sure it is something that's special, unique, not something they get all the time. Like Angie said, let's not use video games if they play video games regularly. Well, that's not going to be a very powerful reward and they're not going to really be very motivated to get to that line. And then so, all right, we'll move on to step four. So step four, how often should we reward this behavior well for this i would say 
Let's let's make that connection quickly. So let's reward every occurrence to start out, maybe until they get to that line the first time. And then obviously, as we understand, well, we can't can't keep this jar forever. So let's go ahead and start maybe making it a little bit more difficult for them to or, or it takes a little more effort for them to earn it earn that big reward. So maybe we put the line up a little higher on the jar. And that's one way to fade. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways that you can fade it out. We can't certainly can't go down that rabbit hole right now, but there are lots of ways that you can fade it out. Uh, that's <laughs> Get a big just jumbo one. jar. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the jar is taller than you now. <laughs> You've got to get to the top. <laughs> you might need a step stool. <laughs> all right, and then so of course step five is all right. How are my kids doing? Are they? Did they decrease fighting? Are they resolving more conflicts? Is there a little bit more peace in the home? Are they eating dinner nicely and not yelling at each other? Those types of things. Let's evaluate it. Let's see how it's going, and I'll make some changes if I need to. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a super, super important and very mm-hmm. common issue. We, we have that yes. going on in our house right now, just a sibling oh. interaction. <laughs> There's a lot of fighting going on between my kids. Oh, no. so. All right, yeah, you'll have tough. to use this those steps there. <laughs> we actually did. I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit later. Oh, we, perfect. We did actually do a joint jar. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. All so right. I'll share that. Yeah. Okay. So I think what I'll do is I'll take an example really quickly and go through the steps that we have gone through previously and that Kristen just went through. I'll use a different example of for an older kid. How about homework and getting access to like cell phone time, right? Ooh, that's so, a big one. <laughs> yeah. So number one, set your child up for success. What are you reinforcing, looking at the baseline and so on. So what sort of behavior are we looking for to reinforce? Maybe it's getting all of your homework done. And you look at the baseline, maybe your child is distracted. A lot of the time they're getting up, they're checking their phone. Um, so, you know, what is your ultimate expectation? It's to get all your homework done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, later on, we've got a couple podcasts in the future that are going to talk about other strategies and tips for addressing distractibility, attention, focus, some of those executive functioning skills. So those you'll, you'll sprinkle in if your child needs extra support besides just an end kind of reinforcer so that'll be coming but mm-hmm. essentially yeah essentially that that's kind of the main uh structure right we're going to be looking at what we're we're trying to positively reinforce and how often it's happening right so that's step one step two what type of reinforcer are we using well in this case maybe it's access to the cell phone um mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's pretty appropriate a lot of teenagers will do that right they'll get their homework done and then the they're Cell phone is probably one of the most reinforcing things to most teenagers, so it's a pretty easy one to <laughs> yeah, to tie definitely. in there. <laughs> yeah, um, making it exclusive and avoiding satiation. Right, a lot of times teenagers are not going to be satiated on on a cell know. phone time. That is true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, never get enough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, keeping it exclusive if best you can to try to restrict that cell phone time during the homework time mm-hmm. is really going to help right. the productivity levels. Um, in terms of schedules of reinforcement, so this is an interesting one. It might be that your child initially needs to take breaks, right? Maybe they have, especially in high school, they've got a lot of subjects. They've got a couple hours of homework, perhaps, each night. They've got tests that they're studying for, projects, so they've got a lot piled on. Um, you might want to start with giving them breaks in between cell phone breaks and things like that. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you might be able to go for um, a longer period of time, right? So, um, or it's continuous, right? So after each subject, you take a break, 
maybe you can go on on your phone and maybe over time it's okay look we need to finish all of our homework before we we take a break and um use cell phones i i'm a big fan of taking breaks anyways but mm-hmm. for this the purposes of this one um cell phones can kind of derail productivity with homework so in this case it might be take breaks yes of course it helps your attention and and focus if you can kind of sit back down and be refreshed but maybe you use that cell phone that really highly motivating item for when they're completely done they're more likely to to be motivated to get done if Mm -hmm. uh, they can't have their phone until until it's all done and then last one step five evaluating the effectiveness this is a pretty easy one to objectively evaluate is your child um Completing work is your child getting their home homework done consistently and uh, correctly, uh, and does this seem to be working? And talk to them about it too. You you might be surprised. Some kids might, and I know um, in doing some research with college students too, those are some strategies that they have found to be effective. Put your phone away. You're more likely to get things done. Um, they've done actually a lot of studies too, just on employees and the different types of uh, productivity styles, right? And so if you're Mm -hmm. constantly being interrupted by notifications on your phone and things like that, and you're doing a lot of multitasking, um, it's not as effective. You're not going to be as efficient with your work. So um, ask your I put my phone on on silent, actually. I'll put my phone on do not disturb while I'm working because uh, if it just buzzes, I'm like, ooh, what's that? (laughs) Yeah. So I have to like either flip it over or just put it on do not disturb. (laughs) Me too. I know. And I'm, anytime something comes into my inbox, I'm like, oh, oh, I can't, I'm one of those. Yeah, what is that? I'm to check that email. Has to, <laughs> I have to have an empty in- inbox. It just mm-hmm. bothers me, but it's, I know that that's not effective um, or an efficient use of my time. But yeah, right. I agree. I've taken all the notifications off my phone. I just have the text or phone call notifications, mm-hmm. nothing from all the apps and stuff. But yeah, so you know, so those are all things to, to consider. Talk to your child about about it. Do you feel like you're getting your work done? Do you feel like you're more productive and more focused? Um, so evaluate that effectiveness. See if they're taking a lot longer than usual to get their work done. Well, let's look at that, right? Are mm-hmm. you know, are we needing to restrict some things and really hold that exclusive reinforcer till the very end? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good one and and very very common I think with today's teens of course using that cell yeah. phone and really how do I parents are always wondering well how do I restrict this it's do I give them time I actually always get the question do I give them time like right after school so they can like get mm-hmm. it out of their system mm-hmm. and I'm like well I don't know so we definitely go through the we go through that when, when I uh, talk with parents as well yeah. so a good one. Um, all right. So we wanted to go through just some, give you some ideas for a reward system for your children um, or your teens, I should say. So uh, I can start with, well, first I, I mentioned the items in a jar. That's probably one of my favorites right now I've used with families. Uh, it's It makes it visual. They can see it. They can see it, the light at the end of the tunnel there. There's a line on the jar. They know exactly what they need to get to. And then of course it gives them something tangible right then. Like you did it. Great put it in the jar and let's move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another fun one I, I like to use is one-on-one time with parents. I get parents say to me a lot, you know, I don't always want to feel like I need to buy something or I need to give them a treat. So I, I point that one out quite often. Well, maybe just segment out, you know, on Saturdays, you get some special one-on-one time with mom if you do X, Y, and Z throughout the week. So that's a really good one too. Yeah, that one's nice. That's free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> logistics right, free. sometimes. <laughs> exactly. You got to plan out the logistics uh, on mm-hmm. that if you got multiple kids. But yeah, I like right. that one too. Um, 
I really like the game board style of oh, yeah. positive reinforcement, right? So like a Candyland style, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun, right? So you've got the game board you can print out and we have, uh, you know, all sorts of different templates we've used and, you know, you can just make something, buy something, uh, find something for free online. But uh, Rethink has a ton of stuff too. But we um, have these, you know, you could use a game board. And for every behavior or every, you know, let's say every day that you complete your morning routine without a fuss, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you can move a space, which is kind of fun. It's concrete. It's finite. They can see. So it's got that visual component. They can see when they get to the end. I um, worked with a... Uh, he's now a, a, a young man, but um, started with him when he was in um, upper elementary school at the time. So I'm dating myself now. <laughs> um, and he actually engaged in some pretty severe aggression. And so there were a lot of other supports in place um, that we won't go into right now. But we did have a game board style where he would come home and anytime he had a he had a day where he didn't have any sort of aggression he would move a space and so this was a this was part of a larger comprehensive plan but once he got to the end he was able to earn a pretty hefty uh, reinforcer if he had um, an incident of aggression then he would actually go back some spaces too so um you know decide whether or not that's appropriate for your child for some kids that's great for some kids it doesn't work as well um you know, doing something like that. But mm-hmm. that sort of that sort of approach, that visual approach where he's moving towards the end uh, is a kind of a clever, pretty easy way to to implement positive reinforcement systems. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like that. Um, obviously, I guess an obvious would be access to their games or toys. That's always a really helpful one. I always tell families sometimes it's kind of like what we discussed earlier, but put them up high. So it's they're only they're, those toys or games are only available when your child engages in a certain mm-hmm. behavior. Maybe they've earned them. Another yeah. one could be having your kids pick dinner. That's that's oh, a yeah. fun one. Yeah, that's a really fun one where on Saturdays, you know, you get to pick what we're having for dinner because you did X, Y, and Z. So allowing mm-hmm. them to choose the dinner for the night. May not, yeah, parents might not like that one so much if it's always pizza, <laughs> but, you know, hey, take one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's clever. Well, it's it's like you got to make dinner anyways, you know? So right, that's yeah. a, a fun way to integrate it in and kids mm-hmm. get a kick out of that too. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Cereal for dinner. It's like, okay, cereal for dinner. <laughs> yep, cereal it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we have? Oh, reduced chores is a good one. Um, I like this one, or mom or dad does your chores, oh, you know, yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Um I like that one, too. It's like, you know, if you've done really well, you've gotten your chores done, then, hey, you don't have to do last chore in your chore chart or all empty the dishwasher for you this week because you've done a really great job. So those sort of things where you can reduce. I think we've talked about that in some other, I think, in the behavior specific webinar, too, just uh, modify the the tasks Mm -hmm. that are needed. And so that's actually, a again, a free, really simple kind of clever way. It works really great for your older kids and teens to, to reduce chores. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, let's see a couple other ones. Uh, catch them being good. I mentioned that earlier, kind of like in the in the store where we say, okay, catch them being good. Um, you can make a little coupon for that, so you keep them. I actually at my house I call them gold stars, so gold star behavior mm-hmm. is what I call it. But um, really, any time that my child is doing something, I'm like, yes, that's it. That's what I'm looking for, and give them a little coupon or a star or something where they can see it. It's tangible, and maybe once they get so many, they can exchange those for something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, other things too, of course, if you have limited screen time, access to TV, videos, oh, yeah. video games, those are always really good. Um, there's a, 
similar to what I mentioned, like a game board, I like the kind of gamification type stuff. If you have, um, you can put together a puzzle piece game board. So you can um, take a picture of maybe a movie that your child wants to go and see or a toy that they want. And you can cut it up to make it look like a puzzle. Then mm-hmm. each time... I love that one. Yeah, then you can give them a piece after every time that they complete a task or display appropriate behavior. You can kind of work that out the way that uh, you feel is appropriate. But um, and then kind of get the timing right, of course, based on what we talked about before. But that's actually Mm -hmm. kind of cool is that that puzzle, once they finish that last piece, it represents what they're going to earn. So that's kind of a cool, clever thing. And it's also really easy and free to do, too. Yep. Definitely. And then, of course, behavior-specific praise. (laughs) So definitely just making sure to praise your children for the behaviors we want to see continue. So great job getting dressed this morning. Or I really like how you said your sister was had a nice shirt on or you complimented your sister or I like how you unloaded the dishwasher or, you know, just making sure that we are letting them know the behavior that we are praising, the one that we want to see continue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Super important. Yep, and also free. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right. So, what do you think? You think we should let's go ahead and maybe and just recap our tips for today? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. So, tip number one: set your child up for success. So, plan ahead. What behaviors or skills are you wanting to reinforce? How often are they doing it right now? And kind of just lay out your plan before you jump in. Definitely, very important. Tip two, so choose a reward that you know is going to be effective. So give it some thought on the front end. Make sure it's going to line up with that expectation. What do we want to see? Let's make sure the reward matches. And let's consider rewarding behaviors a little closer to the time that they occur. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Number three, make it exclusive. If your child has free access to what you're planning on using as a reinforcer, as a motivator, it's probably not going to be as effective. So keep it exclusive. You don't want your child to get uh, satiated. You want to keep that reinforcer powerful. Absolutely. And tip four. So start with a thick schedule to start out. So continuous reward that behavior as often as you can on the front end, and then you can fade yourself from there. And tip number five, make sure that you are evaluating the effectiveness, just like everything that we've been talking about in our podcasts. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be spinning your, spinning your wheels and wasting you know, your, your time. Just make sure that if what you're doing is, is working, keep doing it. Uh, if it's not working, make some tweaks, make some changes. You might need to reevaluate the reinforcer you're using or the schedule at which you're providing that reinforcer um, and uh, go from there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to jump into our last mini segment we have here, Real Talk with Real Moms. So I actually, I don't have anything groundbreaking to share, except for I do have one little thing I'll share, and then I want you to tell your your story, Angie, about your uh, re- reward you were using. So oh, yeah, I was just, jar. yeah, so I was just going to say, um, we had, the other night, we had Make Your Own Pizza Night, and so it was a reward, so it's kind of like choosing their dinner, but they got to choose the dinner and make their dinner. 
there and it was really oh. really fun so it's a good idea for families you know you could have make your own pizza night but yeah I, it was a little messy I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie there was sauce in places that I wasn't sure if I could clean it up and my dog was happy because he got to <laughs> or she got to eat all the cheese that fell on the floor but they it was a lot of fun for them so we just we got the pizza crust out and they had their own little bowls of sauce and their little bowls of cheese and their pepperonis and their peppers and they put them on and and it was really fun so I thought I would share that little bit there oh that's cool yeah Yeah. that is that's great I know we get the dough from Trader Joe's and we make we just make pizzas and the kids can make their own or make a big one yeah that's that's the best Right. And then more motivated to eat it again because they made it. So, yeah. I mean, pizza's pizza. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to argue with that. But, yeah, it was it was helpful. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see. What's been going on for our family? Well, I, I mentioned we did try doing a sibling jar. And Ooh, so yeah. far, so good. Um they're really motivated by it. We have it right there on the island in their in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they my daughter we're using pom poms, like the art pom poms, and my daughter found oh, this yeah. one extra kind of like furry one, and she's like, Let's use this for the extra good days that we have, right, Mom? <laughs> like, okay, oh, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Um <laughs> I am admittedly having a hard time with the schedule, right? Because I am on an intermittent schedule. And, um, it, you know, you do have to really, I'm, I'm realizing more, I should have defined appropriate sibling interactions a little bit more just so that they're sure. Mm-hmm. They remind me a little bit. I, you know, do it periodically. So we have to work out some of the kinks. But mm-hmm. I have seen an improvement in their interactions because they know they're, when I come up the stairs, maybe if they're playing, they'll kind of look at each other like, oh, she's coming, she's coming. Or they'll, you know, someone will help the other one and they'll look at me kind of like, huh, mom? Yeah, good. Did good. you see that? Yeah. Did you catch that, mom? <laughs> yeah. It's really so, cute. Yeah, we got to kind of work out the kinks a little bit. So it's it's definitely OK to to revise. Um, but I was I was going to mention one other thing that's happening lately. So as you know, Kristen, um, my kids work for their their little show at the end of the night. And mm-hmm. this kind of spans a lot of behaviors. Right. So if they're if I count to three and they're not listening or they're not stopping, whatever behavior, you know, is inappropriate or something, then they they didn't earn their show. And so that has been, for the last couple years, actually still very effective. So that's why we keep doing it. But the other night, my older daughter was like, it's fine, mom. I don't need to earn my show. I'm just going to play in my room with Legos. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So you're throwing a curveball at me. And uh, it's kind of waxed and waned over the day. She's just, I mean, she just really, really loves building Legos. And she, so she's fine. If she loses mm-hmm. the show, she's like, great. Right. Well, I'm just going to go head on up to my room and do some Legos. Um, that's only lasted a, a couple days here and there. She's usually pretty motivated by the show. So I think we'll probably stick with the, the plan, the contingency that we have. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a good reminder for me that I got to stay on my toes because who knows, maybe the show is not going to be cutting it right. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it might have to be show. New. Yeah, show slash Legos. I know. <laughs> you can yeah. have either your show or your Legos if you do this. <laughs> yeah. I have to modify it a little bit. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's a really good example and I think a common one that families are going to run into because it's it can't stay mm-hmm. the same forever. We've got to continuously modify it and, and think about it. So, yeah. All right. Okay, well, that's going to do it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our third episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Join us next month for another hot topic, the ins and outs of anxiety. So until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. 
Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with special needs. Don't forget to subscribe to Behaviorally Speaking on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be well. All right, say bye-bye.